there's a principle that we live by. Whether you've ever thought about this before, whether you've articulated it this way or a different way, uh, it truly is, is one of those principles that it just is kind of lives underneath the surface. I shared this principle last week, and it simply stated that the conviction of the why drives the how. The greater the conviction, the greater the chances of accomplishing the how. The clearer the conviction, the greater the chances of accomplishing the how, and the greater the how can be come. The why is so critical in our lives. And the same thing for us spiritually and as a church. And so last week, today, and next week, we're spending three weeks looking at the why. Because if the why is really, really, really clear, then when we get to the 29th, when I share the how, we'll all understand uh, the reasonings for it and why it's driving the how. And it's why it's driving what we're going to do and what we're going to become and where we're going. So it's critical that we're all very clear and on the same page when it comes to the why. Now, I shared last week that the 29th, we're going to have this big Vision Sunday. And uh, I started talking with people and interacting with people. And I quickly realized that I had to come in here today. I, I just have to lower expectations right now. Let's, okay. I'm not going to come in with flip charts and a PowerPoint presentation and a 485-step process that's going to lead us from here to there. Uh, We're not even there yet. Uh, Walt Disney, if you're familiar with the Disney organization, that Walt Disney has has this concept called a blue sky, where creatives come into a room, they come into the space, and they say, if we could accomplish anything, what would it look like? Where are we going? Let's dream. And so right now for us and in our organization, we're in these blue sky type of sessions. We have teams working on it. We have teams struggling through it. And as pieces come online, we're going to share those with you. Just like the reveal or the spiritual life uh, survey that we're going to ask you all to take. That came from one of our blue sky teams, one of our Renaissance 2.0 teams. They're saying, okay, how do we accomplish this? And how do we move Renaissance? And where are we going? And so I just want you to know that January 29th is really more for all of us to be kind of on the same page to say, this is what we think the picture is going to look like. These are the steps where we think we're going to take. But there's still a lot of space where we're just not sure. But together, we're going to figure it out. Together, we're going to go there. The the other reality for all of us is this, is we never want to get in front of God, right? Never want to get in front of God. We want to stay one small step right behind him. And so we know God's moving. We know God's leading. We just want to follow him. And sometimes God just says, yep, I'll reveal that to you in time. And so that's more the heart of January 29th. And then Vespers at night is really our opportunity as a church to link arms, to come to God and say, God, we just ask you to bless this. We ask you to be out in front of us. We ask you for your strength and for your wisdom and for your insight. We're going to lean on you. And uh, we just place it all in your hands. And so that's going to be Vespers that night. And again, I would love for all of you to be there. And uh, as we as a church kind of 
roll into a new phase. The conviction of the why always drives the how. I shared with you a passage last week. It's called the Great Commission. And the Great Commission is actually found in all four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is also found in the book of Acts. And this week uh, in our Renaissance Happenings, if you don't get that weekly email from me, uh, please just let us know. Go back to the guest center. Let us know you're not getting it. We'll get your information and we'll get you on our our email list. But every week I type an email out. It's, it's, it's short. It's simple. It's to the point. But I'm always trying to encourage. I'm trying to tie last week into the next week. And I want to just give you some practical tools as you kind of navigate through life. And so this week's happenings, I put in links for where you could find all the moments where the Great Commission is talked about through the Gospels in the book of Acts. And, uh, but I read from you, uh, Matthew chapter 28, one of the moments uh, we find the Great Commission. And if you weren't here last week, I wanted to read it for you. If you were sleeping during that point last week, I wanted to read it to you. Not saying you would sleep in church, that would be bad. It says Matthew 28, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted, or the word hesitated, right? Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus gave us the command, a very clear command, and that command was to go. Then he laid out a very simplistic plan, make disciples, and underneath that umbrella of make disciples, to baptize and to teach. And on the surface, we're like, oh, that's really easy, a two-step plan. But once you get underneath the surface of that, it becomes pretty complex pretty fast. But he gives us this plan. Let me ask you this question. How many of you, and don't, don't worry, you're not going to have to raise your hands, but how many of you have a plan for your spiritual life? Right? We have all sorts of plans in our lives, don't we? We have a fitness plan. We have a weight loss plan. We have a, a family plan. Like if, if you have kids, my wife and I, every week, we're like, okay, who has what? Karate or Taekwondo's here and swimming's here and, and soccer's here and Girl Scout's here and school's here, and, right? Like, it's insanity if you have kids, right? Just trying to keep up with the plan and making sure that you don't leave a kid sitting somewhere, right? <laughs> Hopefully, you have all your kids somewhere, right? But every week, you're just going through those plans and just trying to get it all to work. For some of you, you have a recreation plan or a fun plan. Uh, my wife and I went into the city just two weeks ago uh, to see a Broadway show, and we had a simple plan. Everyone said, do not drive in the city after 3.30, 3.45. You'll, you'll just get slammed with traffic. So literally, it was like we had to leave our house by 3.30, go through the Lincoln Tunnel. We're parking in the Port Authority bus terminal. We'll park there, grab a subway, grab a cab. We had to eat dinner by 5 to catch our show at 7, right? Like, and if one thing failed, <laughs> you know, like... I guess we're eating a hot dog off a street vendor. Disgusting. We had a plan. We have plans for our investments, 
for retirement. We have plans for our career. We have plans everywhere. But, but do you have a plan for your spiritual life? So today, we're going to take one very, very, very small step uh, in developing that plan. Very small. But one of the most significant steps you could take, and that is defining where are you right now spiritually? Where are you? If you open Google Maps on your phone, and you say you want to go to the beach, or you want to go to Philadelphia, which I'm not sure why you would want to go there, but if you did, You can type in that address, but that first box, right, current location, that's important. If you don't have the current location there, it doesn't matter where you want to go to. It needs to know where you are right now. And so we're going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you here in a few minutes to mark down exactly where you think you're spiritually right now. You have a card on your seat. And uh, if you grab that card, it's also going to come up on the screen. And uh, it's a simple tool. And I'll be honest, with any kind of simple tool, uh, you can easily shoot holes through it. And uh, it's not some scientific study. It's just something for today to help you determine kind of where, where you think spiritually you're at. Right in the middle of the card, you'll see a zero with a cross. And I'll talk a whole lot more about this later on, but basically that's the line of salvation. Where you come to a point where you name Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, your your leader, your forgiver, your friend. Where you surrender your life to him. Where you commit your life to him. Where you say, I put you number one in my life. Doesn't mean you're perfect. Doesn't mean you have it all figured out. Doesn't mean you have all your questions answered. But you have that moment. And that moment is really, really definitive. We'll talk about that more in a little bit. On the far left-hand side, you'll see this number, a negative five. That's people really, really far away from God. Now, I'm going to give you some names. And and I really struggle through what names to give you. Because as soon as I throw out a name, we could argue about, are they really a negative five or negative four? Right. So I struggle through it. But I think I, I found some names that we might all agree on. People that are really, really far from God. One of those names I'd put in that negative five kind of category is Nietzsche. He kind of said God is dead. That would move him way far away from God, right? Right? I didn't place him there. He placed himself there. But other people like Stephen Hawking. He's been very vocal about what he thinks about God. Or Woody Allen. Or Ricky Gervais. Right? People that have come out and said, I don't believe in God, I don't think God exists, Uh, even if he does exist, uh, I don't like what he stands for. People far from God. You probably have other names you put in that negative five category. Then on the other side, we have this kind of plus five area. And I even struggled more with this side, right? Because whenever we put someone kind of on that spiritual pedestal, right? right, the higher they go, That fall is tough, isn't it? I was in this email uh, thread over the weekend, and uh, someone actually articulated what I was feeling. And I'm so, uh, 
And once I'm so kind of excited and grateful for Tim Tebow and what he's standing for spiritually, but uh, that pedestal that he's being placed on, and he's not placing himself there, but the media and everyone else is placing him so high that what if he falls, or maybe better yet, when he falls? So I struggle through names for the plus five kind of area, but I think these, maybe we could all agree, these are people that, man, their, their spiritual life, their faith, their relationship with God, man, is so, something that you would, right, would put in that area. People like uh, Mother Teresa, Billy Graham, Watchman Nee, Corey Tin Boom, men and women, Martin Luther King, right? people that just were sold out in the relationship with God. Strive to know him and grow in him. We're absolutely dedicated in obedience to him. And for the rest of us, we're somewhere in between. We're somewhere there. And so today, I just want to take some time to talk to kind of all three kind of places on this card. Those of you in that minus one to minus five kind of area, and for those of you in that plus one to plus five area, and for some of those of you who are kind of dancing around this zero area. If you find yourself in that minus one to minus five area, first of all, I just want to say, I'm so glad you're here. I really am. I'm so glad that you're here because even if you kind of are sitting there right now thinking to yourself, well, I think I'm a minus five, but if you're sitting here, I, I would maybe say maybe you're a minus 4.32 because you're at least here checking things out. But there's a reason why you're journeying through this minus one to minus five area where, where you have issues with God, you have questions about God, you have doubts about God. There's, there's something going on within you and... uh you're trying to figure it out. You might be fighting through just a past church issue. Man, churches sometimes are so amazing at shoving people away from God. And maybe for you, a church experience shoved you away from any type of relationship with God. Maybe for, for you, growing up, there was something spiritually impacting that just, I mean, you just ran away from God. Maybe for you, it's a cultural uh, piece in your life that you're trying to navigate through and figure out. For some of you, it's this concept where you hear people talk about God as Father. And all you think about is your Father here on earth. And you try to get your mind around how God as father could ever be that because your father was so abusive, your father was so absent, your father, right? Like, how do you, for for whatever reason, you find yourself in that minus one to minus five area. I want to share some specific thoughts with you. I hope you know that Renaissance is a place where all people, 
All people are accepted. All people are loved. No matter what you believe and what you think, I'm so glad that you are here. Churches have been so amazing at excluding people over the years. And Renaissance is a place where we are inclusive. Wherever you're at, you're welcome. Whatever you believe, you're welcome. Whatever is going on in your life, you are welcome, period. And I'm so glad you're here. I want you to know that this is a place where you can ask questions and explore your faith, explore spiritual moments, explore what this book, this Bible means, explore we want to help you discover those answers. And if you're like me, I still have a list of questions for God that no one on this earth can ever answer for me. And you might find yourself in that same space. I want you to know that this is a place where you can invite your friends. They might be even more messed up spiritually than you are. And you're like, no, really? You don't want them here? Yes, I do. Bring me along. Let's go on the journey together. I want you to know that this is a place that is fun, that church should be fun, that church must be fun, that God wants church to be fun. One of the best compliments I've, I've received over the past five, six months, and multiple people have come up to me and, and have said this to me. They, they say, Chris, I didn't look at my watch once today. I'm like, that's awesome, right? Because we've all, okay, or most all of us have sat through a church service where it's like tick, tick. I mean, you're staring at your watch going, please, please just get done, right? And we want church to be in that space where you walk in and before you know it, it's done. And you're like, man, it's a gift for you. We want you to know that uh, no one here expects you to be perfect. I'm not perfect. I got issues, a lot of them. Ask my wife. Don't ask her. I got sin. I got baggage. I have questions. I have doubts. But I'm on the journey. And so I I just hope you know, to be part of this community of people, And you're thinking to yourself, there's no way I can be because you don't know what I've done in my life. I just want to say, welcome to the club. We're all trying to figure this thing out together. And I want you to know that this is a place where grace will be extended to you. Abundant grace, radical grace. Why? Because it's the same grace that Christ has extended to me. And to many of you. So my challenge for you is this. If you find yourself in this minus one to minus five kind of space. Uh, two, two simple, simple challenges. One is, where do you want to end up spiritually? When you look down the road, where, where do you see yourself headed? And the second question is, what's stopping you? 
You're either moving towards God or you're moving away from him. What's, what's hindering you? What's, what are those roadblocks? What are those things in your past or maybe currently what you're or having to navigate through? What are those pieces that are impacting you spiritually? And find someone and go on a journey with them. Find someone who's down the path more spiritually and say, hey, help me out. And get through them. Bust through, the, bust through those walls. Like, just get through them. But keep moving, keep asking, keep navigating, keep seeking. Well, then for some of you that uh, find yourself in that plus one to plus five space, it's the same realization. You're either moving closer in your relationship with God, right? It's either deepening, becoming more transparent, more authentic, or it's moving in the opposite direction. You can't stay still spiritually. It's impossible, right? I'm either getting to know my kids in a more authentic, real, vibrant, life-changing way, right? Or I'm moving away from them. I can't stay stagnant with them. I can't push the pause button and say, just right where you're at, right now, I'm not going to get to know you any more or less, right? That's absurd. It's the same thing in our spiritual life. It's absurd to think that, that you can just stay exactly where you're at right now spiritually. Let me ask you some questions. Are you forgiving more? Jesus said to forgive 70 times 7, infinite number of times. Do you find yourself with this the spirit of forgiveness towards people? Or are you harboring grudges and bitterness and anger and not letting go when people hurt you? Are you forgiving more? Are you loving deeper? Are you loving more unconditionally? Or are you putting conditions on that love? Are you serving others sacrificially without strings attached? Jesus got on his knees and washed the disciples' feet. How are you serving people? Are you discovering and leveraging your gifts, how God has wired you to make an impact? Are you realizing how he created you and who you are? He wants to take you, you, and impact the people around you. Are you becoming more generous with with the constant realization that everything you have is God's? That God is the owner and you are the steward. And in the act of worship, you steward everything because you realize that God is the owner. Is the joy quotient increasing in you? Have you ever met someone who says that they're a Christ follower and they're just not happy? Right? Like, you literally want to say to them, really, smile. It's good for you. I don't understand it. 
I'm not saying that you don't have moments where it's difficult and there's not moments where you want to cry and there's not moments where, where, you, where you're sad. I, but right, overall, there's something about when you get joy that comes from God that radiates through you. How's joy radiating through you and out of you? Are you extending grace to others because you fully realize the grace that has been given to you? So the question for you, if you find yourself in that plus one to plus five, how's your life in words and deeds reflecting your relationship with God? In the book of James, in chapter 2, it says this. In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You see, in our daily lives, we should be becoming more like Christ. And not just our words, but in our actions. So I'd ask you this. How is your life reflecting Christ in words and in deeds? There's times where uh, I feel like I'm a plus four. And there's times where I feel like I'm a 0.067. There's times where I feel like I'm, I, I couldn't get any closer to God. And there's times where I feel like I'm so far away. I get that. My challenge for you is this. Develop a plan to grow spiritually. It can be complex. It can be simple. But what's your plan to grow spiritually? Now, there, there's some of you right now that when I talked about kind of the zero number and salvation and accepting Christ, there's some confusion around it for you. For some of you, you're like, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I've accepted Christ or not. I'm not sure where I'm at. Again, this minus one to minus five space and this plus one to plus five space is very subjective, right? Who knows, like, right? You can have many, many discussions in those spaces. Exactly, are you a minus one or a minus two and what that looks like or a plus one and plus two? But this line, this moment is very definitive. There should be no confusion around this at all. Because the Bible talks about it very clearly. In Romans chapter 3, it says that all of us have sinned. All is a key word. Once you sin once, you're a sinner. It doesn't matter what type of sin, how bad the sin. You and I put sin in categories. God doesn't. That all of us have sinned. 
It goes on in Romans, in Romans chapter 6. It says, for the wages of sin is death. Can you imagine if that, that verse ended there? That'd be horrible, right? But it doesn't. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you watched the game last night, I was sitting at my, my desk on the computer uh, working, and I had the game more in the background, and all of a sudden, it was, the commercials were going, all of a sudden I heard kids' voices reciting John 3.16. I mean, it literally made me stop. I was like, wow, did someone change the channel? Like, what, what's going on? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. It's a gift that's been extended to you. And I want you to know, if you don't know where you're at, on, if you've never accepted Christ, if you don't have clarity about that, it's really, really clear. Christ died on the cross with your name in mind. He saw your face with all of your junk, with all of your sin, with all of your issues, with all of your doubts, with all of your fears. He saw you, and when he died, that gift was extended for you. The question is, are you going to receive it? Are you going to accept the gift? It's being offered. It's being offered. You might be thinking, well, but, but how? What must I do? Again, it's been done for you. But it's really, sim- it's really simple. Sometimes in the church world, uh, churches make it so complex to name Christ as your Lord and Savior. In Romans chapter 10, this is what it says. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, period. Declare that he is Lord and believe. That's all you must do, right? Jesus paid it all. He did it all for you. There's nothing else you have to do. Declare and believe. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As Scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The band's going to come up, and uh, we wanted to create some space here today. And uh, again, you all have that card. And as Julie sings, what I want you to do is I want you to focus on where are you spiritually right now. You're somewhere along that line. And I want you to have some time to talk with God to wrestle through why you're right there, wherever that dot, that line's going to be on that card, why you're there, and where you need to go. Which direction do you need to move? What steps do you need to take? And for some of you, right now is the time for you to surrender your life to Christ, to name him as your personal Lord and Savior, 
leader, forgiver, and friend. And all you have to do is declare them with your mouth and believe in your heart. So do that. This is your time to do some business with God, to connect with God. This is for you. For those of you who uh, checked this box, today I've trusted uh, Christ with my life. I would love to know who you are. And uh, um, you know, remember in Romans 10, it says that you declare with your mouth. This is something that you should shout from the rooftops. And uh, we want to know. We want to we encourage you. Uh, we want to help you on your spiritual path. And so we ask, if you check that box, um, please put your information on that. You can give it to me. You can give it to someone at the door. Uh, I promise you, we're not going to just show up on your doorstep, right? Um, it's not going to be that awkward moment where you're like, where did you come from, right? So don't worry about that. But uh, again, we just want to walk that path with you and celebrate with you. Uh, so if you mark that box, please let us know. Uh, for the rest of you, uh, sit down with someone and have a conversation. Have a conversation. Find someone who maybe is further down this path than you are. Someone that can help you grow, help you move, help answer some questions, help navigate your spiritual life and start developing a plan. Remember, you're, you're either growing closer in your relationship with God or you're moving further away from Him. So I challenge you, take this card, Sit down with someone and have a conversation and start developing a plan. Whatever that might mean for you. It might be as simple as I'm going to read a verse a month. To start. Maybe it's just starting to pray. Maybe the first step of your plan is to sit down and have a conversation with someone. My prayer for all of you this week that God shows up in just an incredible way. That you'll sense his presence. That you'll know that he's with you and walking with you. It's my prayer for you. I hope you have an amazing, amazing week. God bless.